Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Before we hear from our guest and our sponsors, we want to acknowledge our partners, We Coach and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. These are two great organizations that you should really be a part of. To find out more about the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, go to their website, globalcommunityofwomeninsports.org. And for We Coach, go to wecoachsports.org. Once again, two great organizations that you need to be a part of. Let them uh, uh, share their resources with you as an athletic director and your coaching staff. Global Community of Women in High School Sports and We Coach. Now, let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to thank Final Forms for their support of the podcast. Final Forms is the industry leader in registration and forms, but there's so much more than that. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility, and they've got reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come with athletics. Final Forms can also help your coaches with things like communication and attendance, and even help with their certification management. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help you with eligibility, with rosters, and all the forms that come across your desk, and your data is secure with final forms. You know, it's time that you walked uh, with a team uh, that's also walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what final forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with final forms. We also want to say thanks to SnapRaise. Uh, go to snapraise.com and check out their uh, online uh, platform for fundraising. Our coaches have used SnapRaise for years, and it's just fantastic. Uh, there's no selling. There's no list management or inventory. And what's more important, it works. Go to snapraise.com and put the SnapRaise digital fundraising difference to work for you. As I said, it's easy, it's safe, and it works. Go to snapraise.com and check out the thousands and thousands of dollars that they've helped schools just like yours raise using SnapRaise. Change your fundraising game plan and start a fundraiser that works for you. Go to snapraise.com and get started. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to Gipper.com and see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for their school social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. It's so easy, even I can do it. Go to Gipper.com, mention the podcast code ADPOD10, that's A-D-P-O-D-1-0, and get 10% off. Start creating custom branded content for your school's social media channels. That's Gipper.com. We also want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They've got a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles and an extensive library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments and go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. You can also email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com to get started. Let them help you 
um, share the best of your students, both past and present, and go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive. Their indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every single year for your department and create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Our school is one of the first in Florida to have a Sideline Interactive indoor scoring table, and it's just fantastic. We used it for home games. We used it for pep rallies. Um, we also used it for signing ceremonies. It's tremendously versatile, and their customer service is second to none. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com to get started. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online. They'll show you how to scan the attendees that come to your game and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com, and they'll also show you how to set up and sell tickets for things like school dances and theater productions, music performances, even graduation. That's hometownticketing.com. Start selling tickets to your events digitally using hometownticketing.com. We also want to thank Huddle. Go to huddle.com and see how they are helping schools just like yours and their athletes perform better using video and analytics. You need to find the right solution for your team, and the pros at Huddle can help you do that. There's video review and team feedback. There's advanced analysis. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. But as an athletic director, we were a Huddle school. And Huddle helps teams win. Go to Huddle.com and learn how your school can become a Huddle school. That's Huddle.com. And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment of the podcast. Athletic surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic surveys by Lifetrack also connects you to the 95% of the parents and the student-athletes who really love your program, and it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials and then email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. We're going back to college today, and our guest uh, is right here in Florida, but very cool, Dr. Michael Flynn. Uh, Dr. Michael Flynn is a certified athletic administrator, and he's also uh, a professor at the University of Tampa's uh, Department of Sport Management. 
he's got a really strong background in athletics, uh, even at the professional level. Uh, spent some time with the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, the United Soccer League, uh, and uh, also our paths crossed, as he reminded me, uh, back uh, a few years ago uh, when we were both on the FHSAA's uh, Representative Assembly here in Florida. So it's great to reconnect. Uh, Dr. Michael Flynn, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Jake. I, I really appreciate it. It was it was interesting because we're connected on LinkedIn. So I've seen some of these these amazing podcasts that you've done um, since you hung up the whistle and the clipboard um, a, a few years ago. So it's been it was it was an honor to 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 get the email and opportunity to talk uh, with you and all of your your listeners and your your viewers. Uh, it's it's I th I think what you're doing is you know any chance we get to pass on information, sit around the campfire and tell story to better those that haven't had those experiences. I think that's a noble thing. And I, I think that's something that you're doing, helping young athletic directors and veteran athletic directors and people that want to be in athletic administration or sport administration, you're doing good work, Jake. So I'm, I'm proud and happy to be, be with you. Well, gosh, thank you so much. Uh, you just, uh, you know, got hired uh, as my publicist. You know, there, there's no salary involved, but uh, uh, appreciate those uh, those very, very kind words. And again, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy, uh, you know, meeting uh, and making new friends. And also, as you mentioned, you know, passing on uh, those best practices. Well, let's go and get started. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So, Give us that Michael Flynn bio in about four minutes. You know, maybe take us up through the uh, the college years, and then we'll take a break and come back and uh, let you share uh, your very extensive uh, uh, work experience. So, what's the Michael Flynn origin story? Well, my, my dad was in the Marine Corps, um, so I was born in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. So I'm a Tar Heel born. Um, and then once he retired, we moved down here to Florida and we moved around, but pretty much I've grown up here in the Tampa Bay area. And I, I was very fortunate when I was going through my youth sports time, that's right when soccer was taking off. Um, I was just like you see some sports like the lacrosse boom that's recently happened in the States and stuff. I was part of that soccer boom in, in the seventies and early eighties. So that was my introduction to sport was on Saturdays, it was either cutting grass first and then going playing my youth league or playing and then cutting grass with my dad. That that was Saturdays uh, for me. Um, later on, as I got into high school here in the, in the Bay Area, went to Armwood High School, um, yeah, I swam in the fall and met some really good friends that, uh, were, interesting enough, they didn't play any other sports, but they they were doing triathlons as, as high schoolers. Mm -hmm. So I was really intrigued with that. So while there was no official team, obviously, uh, in, in the school, that's what I did. I swam and I did triathlons and that type of thing with my friends that were on the swim team, but I was also in ROTC. So because I was in ROTC, I was on the drill team. So that was essentially my other varsity team, right? Because we competed in the spring. So that's through high school. And then right after high school, I was trying to figure out what to do professionally, trying to figure it out. And as as I'm sure some people out there, some of your listeners, you know, that early college years, you kind of are figuring things out with a beer in your hand, unfortunately. And, and I wasn't really that driven, to be honest with you. And I made a decision early on that, you know what, 
I, I need to figure this thing out, what Mike Flynn is about. So I joined the Marine Corps following my father's footsteps. And um, uh, so I, I joined the Marine Corps in, in 89. And uh, after that, there was a considerable up uptick in my trajectory, both personally and professionally after that. And soon after that, that's actually when I started getting involved in coaching volleyball. Um, I was going to school at the same time. So I was going to Hillsborough Community College here locally, uh, working my way through doing various odd jobs, Circuit City, lawn care business that I put together, all sorts of different ways um, uh, to, to kind of pay tuition and rent and whatnot like that. But I started coaching volleyball with Frank Vining. Some of your listeners probably remember Frank Vining because not only did he win uh, two state championships in volleyball, but his basketball coaching prowess was amazing. He had some amazing teams in the 80s um, and early 90s um, at Brandon High School. So I started sweeping the floor, shagging balls for him in the gym. And next thing you know, one day he said, hey, Mike, you want to sit on the bench and keep stats? And then now I'm sitting here with you talking about it. So right after, right after that, I started coaching club. And that's where I really started to refine the craft of being a coach, but also something that benefited me was I was able to network. I was able to meet people outside of my bubble, which I think is really important, especially for some of those younger ADs, finding ways to talk to people that are doing what you're doing in different worlds and different fishbowls. I think that was important. And that actually led to me once I graduated from uh, Florida Southern, where I got my bachelor's, my master's and my doctorate, but in my initial bachelor's degree from Florida Southern, because of that networking, I was able to uh, get connected to an, an opportunity to be an assistant AD and coach at Tampa Prep. And then that where that's where the next segment of my my life and my career began. So that's that's pretty much all the way up Mike Flynn up to graduation there. No, and again, our regular listeners uh, know I say this all the time, but it's true. I just love listening to the stories and the pathways that uh, that we all follow. Uh, you know, there's some similarities, but uh, some different things. Um, looking back to, uh, you know, I, I never served, and so thank you for your service, uh, sir. Um, looking back to that time of your life, can you point to, or was there any moment? Maybe you didn't realize it at the time. But looking back now, you can say, hey, that moment or that uh, event helped me or, or kind of pushed me into the direction uh, that I you ended up with, uh, you know, leading, uh, you know, academically. Well, you know, obviously, it was interesting when I when I came home from the recruiting station and I, I told my mom and dad, I think I want to join the Marine Corps. My dad just kind of gave me this look like, really? And because I don't think he was expecting that of me. I hadn't, I hadn't put anything out there that told him that I would be worthy of joining his Marine Corps. And then my mom, of course, you know, mom got a tear in her eye because she, you know, my dad was in from 46 to 72. So he was gone in Korea, Vietnam, both of those campaigns. And now all of a sudden my son potentially gone in those types of situations. So seeing those reactions from both my mom and dad, and then actually, I think the turning point for me to really get going was third phase of boot camp. There was a situation where 
I don't, th I didn't take boot camp lightly. I went in and I, I trained humbly, right? I, I, I took it serious. I understood what the Marine Corps me meant because, you know, being a Marine is beyond just shooting bullets or blowing up things and wearing really cool uniforms. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a mindset, right? And um, so I think that third phase, there was a moment there in boot camp that my platoon went through. The third phase is towards the end of boot camp. So we're probably out of the 13 weeks, we're looking probably at week 12. So it's right before graduation. And it was, it was just, it clicked. It was all right, you know, remove your head from your hindquarters. Let's get it going. So when I, when I came back, it was, let's finish my degree. Let's get going. Um, um, let's, let's find a, a career path. And then I just happened to stumble across um, I had a friend that was helping scrimmage um, against uh, the girls volleyball team at Brandon. And he said, why don't you come? Coach is always looking for people. I was playing recreationally. And then I think what I did was I started applying some of those get early, stay late type of mentalities that I acquired in boot camp and through my that training that, that made me, I think, attractive to Coach Vining saying, hey, this this, this is not just some kid that wants to play volleyball. He wants to do something beyond, right? And I think that's, that's something is, um, it was the first time that I learned that not just doing a job, but making sure people understand that you can bring value to their world without them asking for it um, is, is of real value. I think with, and we, we're going to talk later on about ADs, I think that's a component of something that ADs can do. How can you bring value to your people, whether it be student athletes, coaches, families, without them asking for it, right? And I think that's where kind of the, the career path turned. I learned a little bit. And at Tampa Prep, we have a motto that said, higher purpose than self. I think that's where I, I really, I, I knew what teams were. I knew how to be a good teammate. But I, I think I really became a great teammate at that point. Wow, really uh, cool stuff. I really appreciate you sharing that. For our listeners, our guest today is Dr. Michael Flynn. He's part of the teaching faculty at the University of Tampa's Sport Management Program. Got a long, long background in athletics. We're going to hear a little bit more, but let's take a break. The first of many. Uh, this is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank the good folks at SnapRaise for their support of the podcast. Go to snapraise.com and see how their fundraising platform can help make your program better. Our coaches use SnapRaise at my schools, and it was just fantastic. Uh, it was easy, it was safe, and it worked. Go to snapraise.com and check out the thousands and thousands of dollars that they have helped schools just like yours raise using snap raise grow your program and start a fundraiser that works for you go to snapraise.com to get started welcome back everyone to the educational ad podcast our guest is dr michael flynn from the university of tampa's sport management program uh, Dr. Flynn, um, uh, as I alluded to, you've got a tremendous background in sports and athletics. Maybe uh, hit on a couple of the highlights and then take us through um, you know, your involvement or maybe the early involvement with the University of Tampa Sport Management Program. 
Sure. As I mentioned, you know, I I, I was very fortunate um, early on to do some networking and have people get a gauge for what I can bring to the table. So like I mentioned, in the spring of 2003, I was asked to and I ended, uh, to apply for the assistant athletic director job at Tampa Prep. I was fortunate enough to to be hired in that role and also um, as head volleyball coach. Um, so I spent seven years as assistant AD. And one of the things I tried to do there, and I know we'll be talking about the NIAAA later on, but one of the things as an assistant AD, I knew I, at some point, I knew I was going to want to sit in the big chair. I wanted to be an athletic director. So I was trying to do as many things as possible, whether it be going through the NIAAA for those, you know, those those learning opportunities and becoming a CAA. I also continued to work with other organizations like the Tampa Bay Sports Commission. Um, early on, based on my volleyball coaching um, connections, as well as being the assistant AD at Tampa Prep, I was able to connect with them and I was able to be a, um, a local team host when the 2008 Women's Volleyball National Championships came to town. So I was a, essentially when I was assigned to University of Minnesota um, and anything that they needed to get connected to the local area, um, I, I helped them with, whether it be good restaurants or um, help them when they got into the arena. I did. I was essentially their gopher, for lack of a better phrase. And I was, I've been fortunate enough to do that for multiple teams um, with the Sports Commission. I really, I can really appreciate um, my, my relationship with uh, Rob Higgins, uh, Jason Augie, Claire Lessinger, Tony Diaz, um, everybody over at the Sports Commission does an amazing job. So I've done a lot of different interacting with them. And then um, I, I knew that after I finished with my doctorate, I knew I want, I started to get an itch. I figured um, I'm about to turn 50. If I'm going to change careers, I need to do it before 5-0 because people just look at you different. I, you know, my perception was in the hiring process. So essentially uh, the Dean of Students at Tampa Preps was, uh, is married to the Department of Sport Management's chair, Dr. Jay Gisha. So I'd worked with his wife at Tampa Prep through a casual conversation at one of the school functions. He said, hey, Mike, we, we have an adjunct position. So I taught one semester five years ago. I talked to um, a media and communication and sport class um, at night after I got done teaching or working at Tampa Prep. I did that. And then a position opened up to be uh, the internship coordinator, as well as teaching a, a class called practicum and sport management. Um, and I applied for that. And here I sit. So I, I, I currently teach a class in practicum and sport management that focuses on our students learning how to answer the questions. Who am I? What's out there? What do I want to do? A lot of our students come into our program and not quite understand what sport management is. Sport management's the the study of business. And they initially think that they're just going to talk about what happened on SportsCenter last night. And that's not our degree. This is a business style degree that prepares students for um, all the different aspects, all the different segments, whether it be media, finance, legal aspects. Um, it's a very broad um, curricular base that we want our students to be able to have. So that practicum class is all about that, is teaching them start to evaluate how to answer who am I, what's out there, what do I want to do? So by the time they get to me their senior year and they're doing internships, we can have a better strategical conversation about getting them connected to the right internship 
So they have the right experience, that right, that best learning by doing experience uh, to help them get ready for their, their post-graduation life. So I, I've really enjoyed my time. It's another opportunity to pass on information like we were talking about earlier. I really enjoy that. Um, I don't have children of my own. Um, so it's an opportunity to you know, get frustrated talking to kids and saying, hey, don't touch the hot stove. And then they touch the hot stove. I haven't had that, but I, you know, I, I get the opportunity to share some information with students and, and give back from some of my experiences. Well, it, it sounds really cool. I, I, I wish there would have been a program like that 100 years ago, uh, you know, when I was an undergrad. Um, you know, every job is important, you know, whether it's, you know, the the junior high assistant coach or Todd Bowles with the, uh, you know, Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, mm -hmm. From some of the, your internships, um, you know, any, um, you know, big jobs, for lack of a better word, uh, from some of your graduates stick out for you, um, you know, that you can share with our listeners? And, and I couldn't agree with you wholeheartedly. I couldn't agree with you more that we really try to get our students to see the whole board, just like a chess player is required. You know, they need to see the whole board. That's something that we want our students to be able to do. So, you know, it's interesting because there are some bright, shiny pennies out there. There's some amazing big titles and really awesome sounding jobs. But if we really look at it's a match to be made, not an award to be won when it comes to your career, then we've had students go on and work. Um, we have an amazing, one of our, our high flyers three years ago, uh, Danielle Jones, just could have probably had her pick of the litter and she's working for uh, Special Olympics because she's always had a passion for it. It was the right match for her. So she's working here locally and eventually I could see her being a senior VP for Special Olympics or some other nonprofit organization. And then we've also had some of the alums from our Adam Jones uh, for a while was the CFO for the Miami Marlins during the Derek Jeter years. Um, we have plenty of students that work in professional franchises uh, from coast to coast, from the Anaheim uh, Ducks to NYFC up in uh, the MLS team up in New York uh, to professional baseball teams, whatnot. But then we also have students just recently, a, re a student was hired as a coach and a math teacher, never knew he, he knew he wanted to be a coach and start pursuing a math position to open up and he's pursuing it. And he's having his first school year teaching and coaching in middle school. So that, that's the one thing I'm really happy with our, with our department that we, we have the, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the bright, shiny, the ooh titles, but then we've got some students that are really doing an amazing job following their passion. And, and that's really, that's the most exciting part. And I tell this story all the time to the current students. When I get an email from you and all of a sudden it, it goes from the Spartans at ut.edu email to yankees.com or, you know, redsox.com or the temp, you know, buccaneers at buccaneers. It's like, wow. Or at USF edu it's just it's an amazing thing to see that they're they're out there in the workforce oh yeah that that's got to be exciting and and again you know I, I like the way you phrase that bright shiny pennies uh you know very cool stuff for our listeners uh once again our guest today is dr michael flynn he's a certified athletic administrator and he's uh on the faculty at the university 
University of Tampa's Sport Management Program. We're going to take another break, but we'll be back with some more. This is the Educational 80 Podcast. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges, for their support of the podcast. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to sell your tickets online and then scan the attendees that come to your games. They'll also show you how to collect your revenue. That's certainly important. And every step of the way, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. Go to hometownticketing.com. They'll also show you how to sell tickets digitally for things like school dances, uh, theater performances, uh, music concerts, even graduation. Go to hometownticketing.com and start selling tickets digitally. That's hometownticketing.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Dr. Michael Flynn from the University of Tampa's Sport Management Program. Dr. Flynn, uh, we always like to let our guests um, acknowledge some of the mentors that they've had in their life. Uh, the expression that I always use is, I still hear those voices in my head. So uh, do you have any voices that you still hear? You know, what's interesting is um, I, it's kind of an odd, do you hear voices, Dr. Flynn? <laughs> Actually, sometimes, Jake, I do hear voices. You know, I think all of us do. But you know, what's interesting is mentor, you know, the, the phrase mentor, um, I, I've had, we've all had a lot, right? Um, but, you know, do I hear the voices and it's interesting because we assume that a mentor is some old person, you know, in some Yoda-like moment that is providing us information. And I have found that I've had some micro mentors as well. Some of those micro moments, I still remember regional final. Um, I was coaching against our rival, Berkeley Prep, and I had two players afterwards um, come up. We were fortunate enough to win. And they said... Thank you for, I made a defensive adjustment. Thank you for doing that. It told us, I'm going to get emotional here. It told us that you trusted us, you know, because we were, we were shifting how we were going to do defense and it was going to rely on them to carry a heavy load. And it, I, I still remember that. And it was two high school seniors. I was the varsity head coach of this amazing program um, with storied history and whatnot. But I had two mentors staring me in the face that were 20 years my junior, practically, right? And, and what that taught me, that mentor, micro mentor moment was, let people know that you trust them. Give them more than you think. Have them really challenge themselves and stuff like that. So I, I want to acknowledge those, those, those little micro mentoring moments. But, you know, everything from my, my first crew chief in the, in the Marine Corps, Sergeant Sanchez, Joe Sanchez, you know, he taught me how that, you know, he was this big tattooed Marine that he didn't lead in a Clint Eastwood, you know, John Wayne type of central casting type of way. He looked central casting for Marine, but he, he you know, it's, there's more beneath uh, the skin. There's, you know, there's, there's pages in the book to be read there. And, and that's something I learned from them. And of course, Coach Vining, um, you know, Coach Vining was uh, uh, instrumental to just getting me going. He, he's the first one that said, hey, Mike, here's a broom. Go sweep the floor. You know, and I think that a lot of successful ADs and a lot of successful coaches, 
they, they chalk their own field, they spray paint their own field. They're cleaning up the locker room. They're doing their own, their team's laundry and all that. And I learned work ethic as a coach, just because you're head coach or your people call you coach. That means something different than when they just call it. When I was called Mr. Flynn, as opposed to coach Flynn, it meant different. Uh, coach Katnack here at the university of Tampa, even as a young volleyball coach, seeing how he, he was the person that taught me how to be, learn how to run a program because there's a lot of good coaches out there that can put cones on a court or run drills on a field or put a workout for their, their swimmers, you know, on the dry erase board. But it, it takes something extra if you want to create a program. And I think that's something that I learned from Coach Katnack was it's, it's beyond the X's and O's. If you want to be, uh, if you want to have a long tenure as a coach or an athletic director or whatever you're doing, it, it's more to that. And then I was very fortunate to have some amazing women uh, in my life outside, of course. And I, Jake, I'm not going to go mom and dad. We all know. I mean, mom and dad are mom and dad. They're they're the original mentors, right? But these two, Coach Shalou, who is a FACA and FHSA Hall of Fame, um, credit as being one of the the first, if not the first, female athletic director in the in the state of Florida back in the '70s. Um, she she it just she was. I still remember when I didn't use we in one situation. And she made sure that Mike, we use, it wasn't a matter of me trying to be selfish. I just, I didn't use we, right? And so I learned how, no matter where you are using we and call them student athletes, don't call them athletes. Don't just call them students, call them student athletes. She really, she, she set the tone. Also Leilani Gordon, some of your athletic directors might remember her. She was a basketball coach here locally. She was the she was my cohort in crime when I first taught PE at Riverview High School here in Tampa. And she taught me just about how to create a process by which your students, I had 60 kids in my PE class. How do I manage 60, you know, it's it's 60 freshmen in a, you know, physical fitness type of class, a PE class. So that and some others, but I would say Sergeant Sanchez, uh, Coach Vining, Coach Katnack. And then coaches Shalou and Gordon. I think those are the ones, along with the two young ladies that gave me the micro mentor moments, which I've had a ton of those. But I'd say those have been the ones that when I when you sent me these questions beforehand, I'm like, okay, who are the first ones? Who are the voices I hear in my brain? These are the ones. Yeah, again, I love hearing all the stories, all the connections. And I love that term. I've never heard that micro mentors. You're absolutely right. You know, that happens all the time, you know, throughout the days and the weeks and the years of, uh, you know, an athletic director's life. Micro mentors. I'm going to steal that, doctor. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> For our listeners, uh, our guest is Dr. Michael Flynn, certified athletic administrator. We're going to hear a little bit about that story when we come back. Going to take another break. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Huddle for their support of the podcast. Go to huddle.com and see how Huddle helps schools, athletic directors, and teams play better using video and analytics. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but as an athletic director, we were a Huddle school. And our coaches just loved the, uh, the video, the smart cameras, the mobile apps. Of course, they love the analytics, but there's so much more. Huddle helps teams win. 
uh, to find out how Huddle can help your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to Huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Dr. Michael Flynn from the University of Tampa's Sport Management Program. Dr. Flynn, um, we've already mentioned that you are a certified athletic administrator, and that's not something you get just by filling out a form and uh, and sending uh, sending away for a certificate. Share with our listeners a little bit. We've got a lot of young ADs, a lot of new ADs, and I think it's important for them to hear about the journey that um, you know the the certification takes us on. So, uh, share a little bit about that journey. Well, as I mentioned earlier, you know, as, an, as a young assistant AD that hadn't really had any sort of administrative duty. Yeah, I've had business law classes and, you know, I took micro and macro economics. So I understood budgets and whatnot like that. And that was part of my de degree, my undergraduate degree and whatnot. The one thing that I really, I, I was looking for certifications and to tr try to get out there because I knew if I wanted to take the next step not just professionally, um, but also cognitively understanding different things. I, I knew I was going to have to do something more. And that's that's when I find, found the NIAAA and the FIAAA here in the state of Florida um, and started my, my process of getting the CAA, the Certified Athletic Administrator. And I, I enjoyed the process because... Um, I, I like when things you have to go through things to get things right. I, like you mentioned earlier, you know, if here, sit and watch this video, do a quick quiz and we'll mail you a certificate that you can hang on your wall. Congratulations. The CAA and the, the efforts that the NIAAA go and this, I'm not getting any kickbacks y'all. All right. So this, but I honestly wanted to do something that had some weight to it. And that's, that's what the NIAAA was able to provide me was a, a learning system uh, that provided modules that I was able to sign up here and there, whether it be um, at the, the state conference, the FIAAA uh, conference every year. There were some also some one-offs here and there that I was able to attend, and it, it was very beneficial. Yes, like a lot of them, there was some, there was some overlap with, oh, I already know this. Why am I sitting here? Well, because... You know, it, it's, there, there's, there's, once again, there's this suck it up and go through this process because you're, you're receiving this information that sounds familiar, but you're hearing it looking through somebody else's lens. And you can always learn from those types of things is, yeah, I had that problem with the parent. I don't need to talk about that because I have a, I have a way to do that. Well, listening to other people is, 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 is a great way to, to learn, to look through their lens. Because I think that's something that we do as an athletic director, right? We're looking through our coach's lens. We're looking through our student athletes, our parents' lens. We're finding, we're finding ways to look at the issue, the conversation point through the other person's uh, viewpoint. And I think that's what the, all of these modules were able to do is even though some of the, the information was similar to what I might've learned in previous experiences, whether it be in classes or just real world being an assistant AD at the time. Um, it was beneficial to hear other people talk about it and hear about their solutions. And that's one thing is it's a good balance. All those classes are a good balance of 
hearing from some vets and people that have been there, done that before, but then also having the room as, a, as an educator, having the room share and cross-pollinate with, uh, with their stories and their information, I think is of value. And it, it really did. There, there's, there's plenty of times um, that as an athletic director, I was able to go, oh, this is what I need to do. So it was very beneficial. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I, I agree a hundred percent, you know, the, uh, in a four hour course, which those LTI courses were, um, mm -hmm. you're probably going to cover or hear some previous material, uh, you know, from, you know, even when all the way back to when you were a student athlete or, or a young assistant coach, but it's, I, I love the way you talk about hearing it and seeing it through someone else's lens and as you know, those table discussions where you're talking about a topic, sometimes those are just as uh, valuable and impactful as the course in its entirety. So, uh, you know, great job. And I know the NIAAA appreciates you uh, sharing that as well. Okay? For our listeners, our guest is Dr. Michael Flynn, Certified Athletic Administrator, and he's a member of the University of Tampa's sport management faculty, also has a tremendous sports uh, athletic background. Uh, get connected with him on LinkedIn uh, and, you know, you'll have another great resource uh, for your toolbox. Uh, we're going to take another break, but when we come back, we're going to hear a little bit about the University of Tampa's uh, program. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Final Forms for their support of the podcast. Final Forms is the industry leader in registration and forms, but they're more than that. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility. They've got reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come when you have an athlete in the house. Final Forms can also help your coaches with things like attendance and communication and even help with their own certification management. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talked to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. It's so easy, even I can do it. Go to gipper.com, mention you heard about it on the podcast, and use the podcast code ADPOD10, that's adpod one zero and get 10% off. Go to gipper.com and start creating custom branded content for your school's social media channel. That's gipper.com. Welcome back everyone to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Dr. Michael Flynn from the University of Tampa. Uh, Dr. Flynn, we, we've talked a lot about um, you know your athletic experience and I may have glossed over a little bit. You know, you were a, a high school uh, athletic director here in the state of Florida. What are some best practices uh, that you guys had at your school or maybe that you've seen in your career as an athletic director that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, you know, it's interesting because best practices, I, 
And speaking with um, going to FIAAA and going to other athletic director conferences, it, you know, it's, it's a lot of the best practices are very similar. And one of the things that I, I try to make sure we, that we do, like, for instance, one of them is the preschool meeting with coaches, making sure they understand the expectations that you have for them, not just with, okay, this is how we do paperwork, all of these types of things, but making sure that you give them a solid theme for the year, um, I think is critical. And then having a component where you're having an in-season meeting with student athletes. Now I know that that can be tough. And some of us put all of them in the school auditorium and you stand up on the podium and then majority of the times they check out, whether it be the coaches meeting or the in-season meeting, right? Oh, we, we're missing practice to go talk to the guy that we never talked to, right? Those types of meetings. Well, one of the things that you do is it's all about how you structure those. Um, can you have a meeting with your football players on the field after a practice? Don't put them in the stands. Yeah, it's organized, but they're going to start checking out because they're going to start feeling like they're in math class, sitting in rows and whatnot like that. Try to create your, your meetings, whether they be preschool meetings with your coaches or in-season meetings with your student athletes. Put it in their environment. Don't put it in yours. This isn't about your environment. It's about their experience. So I would, and that kind of leads me to the next is trying to have constant non, I need this from you conversations. Unfortunately, I found myself many times so caught up with the day-to-day -day operations of getting to making sure the, the trains ran on time that I stopped focusing on just having people, having normal conversations with student athletes, coaches, and parents that it became more transactional in nature. And athletics, as we all know, you know, Coach Joe Finland, I had an opportunity to work with him at, um, at Tampa Prep, uh, FHSA Hall of Famer, won a state championship. He, he's been around for a while. And one of his go-to lines is, as coaches, we're memory makers. Yeah, we hope we win and we want to prepare them for the next level. But a lot of what we do helps create memories. And if, if we're so focused on the transactions of our jobs as athletic directors or coaches, we, never, we, we start to ignore the transformational gifts that are given us you know, by participating in sport and uh, participating. So also, Yes, having those meetings, but then trying to make sure that it's all the conversations you have with the stakeholders, the student athletes, the coaches, the parents, make sure it's not just a, I need this from you conversation. So always trying to find your way into their world. Yes, I know it can be scary to go to a PTA or a parents booster meeting because I just want to avoid parents yelling at me. So I don't want to go into that. Actually, the more you do that, the more they know you. And we'll talk about that actually in a segment later on. And then create connections between the arts, academics, and athletics. It seems to me that sometimes there are three individual silos in, in schools. The arts, well, that's the art wing. That's the athletics wing. That's the academic wing. Well, guess what, folks? Our students and our student athletes are probably folk, are participating at some point in their career or their future life and all three of those silos. So why not be the catalyst for connection? You know, one of the things that we did is in the summer, I sat down with the theater director, said, okay, when are all your shows? And tried to coordinate, making sure that there wasn't a conflict with 
uh, district championships or a big meet or a big tournament or a big rivalry game? How can we have a conversation between our coaches and our theater or our, our, um, our academics, you know, making sure that. So I think that those are the, the four, Jake, that I would say the pre the preseason meeting with coaches and student athletes, making sure that it's then in their world to make them more comfortable and receptive to what you're trying to get across, trying to minimize the, I need this from you conversations, those transactional conversations. I know that they have to take place, but try to have more transformational conversations and then create connections between the arts, athletics, and academics. I think those are some of the things that we did well at Tampa Prep. I think they could benefit ADs out there. No, I think they're all great. And I really love your last one. Uh, and it was something that later in my career, I, I kind of figured out that that was a good thing to do. And uh, when we do our calendar meetings at my schools, uh, they were in you know, like March for the next year. Uh, I would always be very uh, proactive and intentional. Hey, what weekend do you want to have for the school play? You know, when do you want to do the uh, the spring concert and that sort of thing? So I could schedule around it uh, and let them know what I was doing. And then the weeks leading up to that, we'd put that on our athletic calendar. You know, hey, the you know the fall play is going to be in two weeks. Make sure you attend. And uh, I think our coaches did a pretty good job and our kids of supporting that. But you're absolutely right. You know, get involved in the life of your school. Mm -hmm. uh, our guest for our listeners is Dr. Michael Flynn, Certified Athletic Administrator. Um, Dr. Flynn, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out, pick your brain a little bit, find out a little bit more about, you know, your idea of best practices or even more about the University of Tampa program, how can they best get a hold of you? They can just yell real loud. I've got big ears. I normally am able to hear most people. No, um, no. What you can do is you can just email me directly. Uh, M F L Y N N at ut.edu. So M, my first initial last name is Flynn at ut.edu. So just be aware that, you know, the 24, 48 hour rule, like most ADs have, uh, I'll do my best to get back to you. And if, if you want to, if anybody does want to reach out and, and have a, a conversation, send me some dates and times that you're available to hop on a Zoom. And we, that way I already have the dates and times and I can check my calendar and we'll, we'll hop on a Zoom together. I'd love to, to connect with anybody that might want to ask some questions. Oh, I well, appreciate sharing that. That's an easy email. We'll give it out later on in the podcast too. But uh, uh, Dr. Flynn's also on LinkedIn. So uh, uh, we're going to take another break, but we will be back with some more wisdom. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank our friends at Vital Signs Wall of Fame for their support. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. If you're looking for a cool way to display your school record boards for all the sports, for all the events, or your athletic department's Hall of Fame, go to VitalSignsWallOfFame.com or email them at sales at VitalSignsWallOfFame.com to get started. They've got a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles and an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let Vital Signs Wall of Fame help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, 
Dr. Flynn, one of our original talking points has to do with this idea of helping kids to be tough. A hundred years ago, when I was in high school, uh, our coaches would say things like, come on, Jake, you got to be tough. And we knew what they meant and and we kind of did it. Uh, In the many years since then, uh, we figured out much better ways to communicate to kids and student athletes. But I still feel that toughness is an important component of sports and for life. So here's my question. How can we help kids to develop toughness while also being aware of the very real challenges uh, that a Generation Z kid is experiencing that I never had to go through back in the day? Uh, Do you have any advice for us? Yeah, you know, it's interesting is that, first of all, this is something that we can't do on our own. This This is a group project. Um, when it's making kids tough, because if there's mixed messages from any of the stakeholders in that student athlete's life, parents, coaches, friends, athletic directors, athletic trainers, strength conditioning coaches, you name it. So just go through and create a list of all the stakeholders in that one student athlete's life. There has to be some form of unified message, I think, first of all. So understanding making kids tough can't just be the, the coach by themselves or the AD creating some sort of program. It's not, it's it, like we've talked, I'm sure we've all spoken about life's a team sport. Well, making kids tough is a team sport here. It's a group project. So the first thing is when students fit, when student athletes fail, make sure they understand that the, their first instinct needs to be them picking themselves back up. Um, we're there to support them but we're not going to reach out our hand and say, here, let me help you up, all right? Yes, there's, now, let me let me take a step sideways here. Yes, there are gonna be some moments when teenage student athletes are going to need a, a, a boost, right? That That's not that. But I think the majority of those, those small little moments where we develop toughness aren't the, the, um, the plate tectonic shifting moments of them. I think students are going to be able to be tougher in those really big moments if we learn how to, when they have these little small failures, I got, I, I got a C instead of a B. My parents are going to be mad. Um, I got benched for two minutes or five minutes or you know some of those real small little moments. How do they handle those small little moments? Because if they're able to handle those small little moments, then when you get into the big moments, they're going to be tougher for them. And I think that's one thing. Um, And that comes from just my own experience, right? And I think a lot of us have had those transformational moments in our life are where we picked ourselves back up. It wasn't that our parents or our coaches or our friends weren't there and weren't loving us. I'm not saying parents all of a sudden stop loving your your children or, or coaches stop, you know, supporting your student athletes. But figuring out different strategies, and I don't have that list. I don't know if any of us have that list, but figuring out a way to set a tone from the very beginning um, in those preseason meetings and pre-match meetings. Hey, something's going to go wrong today. Something's going to go bump in the night. How are you planning on handling it? And I think that's important because then all of a sudden the students, the student athlete starts developing strategies on how to cope and how to deal. And they're not resulting. And when they start to cope or deal in the negative aspect, well, that's when the support system steps in, right, coach? That That's when coach steps in. That's when mom and dad start parenting up and all those types of things. 
but I, I'm a big fan of preparing the the student athlete for the path, not the path for the student athlete. I think that we, we've heard that phrase a lot, and I think it's true. I just I think there's too much anecdotal evidence out there to prove that learning how to pick yourself up, dust yourself up, dust yourself off makes you tougher. So I think that's how I have addressed it in the past, personally and professionally, but then also um tones and environments that i've tried to create in the past yeah you're absolutely right it does take um everybody in the on the team you know coaches parents kids uh to make it work but you're also right that the the default should be the student athlete you know you know solving these problems and working forward that's, and, and step, coaches, that's step one yeah, yeah. And, and but coaches are there to to coach Okay, that's what coaches do. You know, they help the student athlete get better. And certainly parents are involved much more than they used to be back in my day. But let's turn that into a good thing. You know, let's let's get the parents on the team. Uh, we talk about coaching the add, coaches. Now you got to yeah, coach the parents. Yeah, and if I could just add one layer is, you know, coaching isn't just about teaching somebody how to pass a ball, serve a ball, swim faster, run faster. I think it, it's an honor. We We're talking about, you know, going through different accreditations and making it tough. I think one of the things that why I take so much pride when somebody calls me Coach Flynn still, I'll admit, I don't turn when somebody calls me Dr. Flynn, but if I turn Coach Flynn, getting that title of coach means something. That means it's another level of respect because you're not just teaching them a singular thing. You're teaching them life. And oh, by the way, how to run fast and how to serve a ball type of thing. And that's why I take, uh, I take, that's why anytime I get a chance to hang around coaches, it's, it's a, a, a valuable group of people. So um, I think coaches are just, I wanted to add that layer that it's not, it's beyond that. And that's why it's special to be called coach. Oh, again, you're absolutely right about that. You know, those, those life lessons, you know, that's what we're coaching. Oh, by the way, sports skills too. Okay. Very yeah. cool stuff. Uh, once again, our guest today is Dr. Michael Flynn, uh, longtime coach, longtime athletic director, and currently a member of the University of Tampa's faculty for their sport management program. We're going to take another break. We're almost done, but uh, please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive for their support of the podcast. Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Sideline Interactive um, has a variety of score tables uh, as well as video boards for your gymnasium. And if you go to sidelineinteractive.com, you can schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com to see exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. Our school is one of the first in Florida to have a Sideline Interactive indoor table, and it's just fantastic. We use it for home games. We used it for pep rallies. Uh, we also used it for signing ceremonies for student-athletes going on to college. It's tremendously versatile, and their customer support is outstanding. That's Sideline Interactive. Dot com. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, Dr. Flynn, the last segment, we we're talking about helping kids to be tough. You talked about, you know, the importance of, you know, parents being part of the equation. Um, what more can you share with us about uh, involving parents? You know, it's interesting is I, I don't think that there's any secret sauce for working with parents, right? Um, typically, when ADs get together or coaches get together, they have a few moments of, hey, great to see you again. And then it goes right to how can I talk? I've got this parent that's giving me grief or something along those lines. And I think that the, the epiphany for me was understanding that parents begin to get their energy, their unique parent energy when uh, they begin to speculate. And then I thought, okay, why are they speculating? Speculating about this or that, or why is this person getting playing time over that person playing time in that type of thing. And it's because they're not being spoken to. And like I mentioned earlier in our conversation, Jake, uh, you know, going to the PTA meeting or going to the parent booster, a lot of coaches and ADs don't like to do that because they feel like they're walking down range, right? <laughs> that there's going to be something just like, like coming at them and just, it's going to be one long complaint fest. Well, at the end of the day, I feel that one of the things I've done um, in my past life as an athletic director and assistant athletic director is I made sure I was communicating with parents. If I'm communicating with parents as a coach, as an assistant AD or athletic director, then they're hearing from me. And I'm not saying that I'm manipulating the conversation, but I'm dominating the conversation, right? There's never going to be a time when a parent is wondering about something because most likely nine times out of 10, I've already provided them information because idle minds start going to net, you know, unfortunately, sometimes there's this default and that default is my son or daughter is not being treated fairly, right? And I think that if coaches and athletic directors, you know, at the very beginning, it was tough because there were some scud missiles coming my way. Like this, you know, you should fire this coach because of this. And I'm, I'm, I appreciate your, your thought process and we'd have those conversations. But eventually, after you create that culture of, oh, hey, Coach Flynn, hey, Coach Flynn, you know, let me bend your ear for a second and had that little, I, you know, like I mentioned, the I need this from you conversation. It wasn't a transactional conversation. It was a transformational conversation. And because of that, did I still have parents? Yes. As a, now as a college professor, we all understand the bell curve and on the back end of the bell curve, you're going to have that percentage of people that are always going to find a way to say the sky is purple, right? And you're going to have those parents that are always going to have that. And that's fine. You know, they're, they're a parent. They're, 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 they're loving. They believe they're loving their son or daughter in the best way they know how. And as soon as you come to that realization, it's, it's nothing personal, even though sometimes their emails are pretty personal. At the end of the day, trying to make sure that you're, commu you're communicating to the parents more than them, making sure that you're able to be seen, and then also making sure that not be bashful about have that transformational conversation with them, because that's what they want to do. They want to be heard. It's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not the roughest thing to spend you know, a few minutes listening to them. And I know some of them, I've had some hour benders with some parents and it's just, they just want to get after it. And I'm okay. 
I don't get that hour ever back in my life. But exactly. if that parent is walking out of my office and now all of a sudden they're, they've been deputized, like, hey, Coach Flynn's willing to listen to me, listen to us, then all of a sudden they're going to go out and they're going to be talking about how Coach Flynn is a great listener. You should go talk to him. So that, that's my thoughts on parents. Yeah, no. And, and again, I, I think you're spot on, on, on virtually everyone, you know, the expression, you know, you're never going to get that time back from that, you know, endless conversation with a parent. You do get it back. If you have listened to them, like you said, they, they've been deputized. Uh, I've never used that term, but that's exactly what happens. You know, we talk about, you know, when we talk to parents as ADs, mm -hmm. uh, we tell them, you know, your job is to support your kid. Um, but we're not doing our job if we don't then coach that parent on how to support their kid and how to be Absolutely. a great parent. They're, they're always going to be waving their kid's flag. That's their job. You know, mm -hmm. we got to coach them on how they can still do that and wave the flag for the team and wave the yep. flag for the athletic department. Um, you Love know, that. very cool stuff. Dr. Flynn, this has been so neat, um, you know, reconnecting with you uh, and also hearing a little bit more about the program, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with our athletic director's toolbox. Um, certainly this interview is uh, established with our listeners that you know your way around athletics, but we're going to take a quick break and hear from Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. And when we come back, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. So let's hear from athletic surveys and then we'll find out what Dr. Michael Flynn is going to put in his athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to thank athletic surveys for sponsoring the athletic director toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic surveys are a quick, easy and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. We use surveys at my schools for just about everything, for teachers, for coaches, even for parents. And the information that came back was almost always over-the-top positive, and it'll be the same for you. But the survey also allows that squeaky wheel parent to vent sometimes, and oftentimes they'd share a small issue that you were able to address and keep it from turning into a big issue because you didn't know about it, because you hadn't done a survey. Go to athleticsurveys.com or email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting today with Dr. Michael Flynn, Certified Athletic Administrator uh, from the University of Tampa Sport Management Program, also a longtime coach and AD here in the state of Florida. Uh, Dr. Flynn, uh, we know that you know your way around athletics, but right now I want you to send out a brand new athletic director, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Michael Flynn's athletic director toolbox? Well, you know, it's interesting is because, okay, so I have all this time um, doing the job at various different levels. You know, what are three things? And it actually goes back to some of my previous experiences. Um, uh, the first one uh, connects with 
um, fundamental leadership in the Marine Corps is look out for the welfare of your of your of your Marines. So my first step is get to know your people, coaches, staff, student athletes, parents, the people that sweep your floors, the people that cut your grass, the people that drag your fields, the people that run the swim pool, all of that. Get to know them. Notice that I didn't say introduce yourself, but get to know them as people. There's a uh, there's a saying in business that if they know you, they trust you. If they trust you, they do business with you, right? In that order. You can't skip that order. So if you want them to do any sort of transactional or transformational type of connection with you as an athletic director, you need to get have them get to know you because that's when trust starts getting built. Once that trust starts getting built, then all the fun, then everything becomes easier because there's a trust between you and that person. And notice how I said your people. And you know, at the end of the day, the student athlete, the coaches, the staff, and everybody involved. And you know, I, I received that bit of information from one of my professors is, you know, as soon as you get assigned to a locker room when you get your first job or whatever, make sure you find the, the custodian that takes care of your locker room and you make sure that you say hello to them every day. And I guarantee you, your office is going to be cleaned and all the all these extra things that suddenly pop up, you have a resource. All right. So get to know your people, let them know you, develop that trust, and then all the fun starts to begin. All those transformational moments begin a little easier. Um, make sure those stakeholders see you beyond the I need this from you moment. I alluded to this earlier, Jake, and I, I just thought I, I think highly of this as, as a moment of success um, at Tampa Prep is you need to make sure that you, you get those people, including your student athletes, seeing you in those transformational moments. You know, the, the, the hand on the shoulder after a tough loss, the leading that I know that we're not all cheerleaders, but get, having those students see you excited when they're excited type of thing, letting the coaches know, sending them texts. I still text tonight. There's, you know, one of the biggest rivalries in volleyball in the state is Tampa Prep and Berkeley Prep. That match is going on. I already emailed the new volleyball, the volleyball coach, Leanna Taylor. Hey, good luck. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm a former member of the family, um, but hey, good luck tonight. And it's, it's one of those, if they see you being involved in their lives, once again, they trust you and then all the great things can happen. And then the last thing is set up an SOP. So once you get an understanding of, of your people, you get to see how they work, then you have to take uh, you have to take that step of creating a standard operating procedure. You, now, it doesn't have to be the big three-inch binder that you hand out to your coaches and then you sign a form, hey, I know everything about the coach's handbook at school A type of thing. Yes, that's a component of it, but you need to make sure that all of those folks coaches, staff, everybody, all those stakeholders that I talked about know why the standing operating procedures exist, that you need to be able to give them a glimpse of that 30,000 foot view that you have as an athletic director, because they're at 5,000 feet, right? Not that 5,000 feet is less than 30. Their job description means that they have to focus in on the soccer, the soccer program or the softball program, or the JV track program. They don't see the view that you see that you 
that all encompassing. So creating a standard operating procedure that works best for most, and then letting your coaches and all the stakeholders understand why these procedures are in place. And don't be bashful. Go through that first year or second year. Don't be bashful. It's not on a tablet, right? It, it, it doesn't have to last forever. It's it's something that is changeable. It's it, it can grow based on the needs. I imagine all the athlete what all the athletic directors had to do, Jake, during coronavirus. What they used to do for changing schedules or you know how involved their athletic directors were and stuff like that. A lot of standard operating procedures were changed during that. So I'd say those are the three. Get to know the, your, your folks, your, the people that are involved in those student athletes' lives. Let them get to know you, trust you, so you can start having transformational moments. Make sure that all of those people see you in the highs and the lows beyond the I need this from you moment. And then making sure that you effectively put together a standard operating procedure that is best for most and then make sure everybody understands the why of those. Well, I'm sure you saw me writing those things down. Very cool stuff. And it just, it continues the theme that I think you've had throughout the podcast of, you know, building relationships, you know, working with people, um, you know, the transformational experiences uh, that are just so important to the success of any program or, or any athletic director. Dr. Flynn, once again, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out pick your brain a little bit and listeners, I certainly encourage you to do so. What's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Well, I mentioned earlier my email, but also like you mentioned, Jake, if you want to direct message me on LinkedIn, please go ahead and send me a message um, on LinkedIn. You'll be able to find me there. But then also if you want to just shoot me an email, mflynn, M-F-L-Y-N-N at ut.edu. Um, and when you do, if you do want to um, have a, a quick 20 minute uh, Zoom meeting, send me some dates and times that you have available. And then I'll check my calendar and I can, if I'm available, I'll do my best to get you on the schedule. So I'd love to, to interact with more coaches. Like I said, I love me some coaches. Um, so um, the more I get to hang out with them, the better I feel about myself. No, I, absolutely. I definitely share that thought. Dr. Michael Flynn, Certified Athletic Administrator, longtime coach and athletic director here in Florida and member of the University of Tampa's Sport Management faculty. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today and all the best moving forward. Thanks, Jake. I love reconnecting. And anytime I, I look forward to the next time I'm able to help you out with anything you need. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, next time I swing through Tampa, definitely going to stop by. Keeping sandwiches are on me. Okay. For our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of each interview get uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time. We appreciate you listening. Once again, we want to thank our sponsors and our partners, We Coach and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. Uh, check out both those organizations. They've got a tremendous amount of resources for you as an AD and for your coaches. We coach and the global community of women in high school sports. Thanks for listening. Come back next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast.